Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast on a mission to inspire a world where food makes us better. Guys, so welcome to another week of Food School podcast. It's Monday, it's a new week, new beginning, new day, time to get motivated and inspired to take better care of yourself. You know, guys, this morning I was just you know, thinking and being uh, so grateful for how our bodies design, how, what an amazing job our bodies do every single day to keep us healthy. And whenever something goes wrong, goes wrong, gets broken, our body starts working and doing its best to repair it with all the resources available, doing its best job at every single moment. Um, you know, my voice wasn't that uh, well after all the traveling uh, and changing the climate. And, and now it's almost all back to normal, as you can hear. Uh, and also over the weekend, my eyes got red. I think I got some infection. Uh, and then over the weekend, it also got almost all back to normal. And then I started coughing and then uh, all of that, almost all of that got away, uh, went away too. And without me doing much extra besides uh, sleeping an hour extra, not doing that much exercise as I usually do, especially cardio that can um, compromise our immune system for a little bit, um, eating nutritious foods as I usually do, focusing specifically on nutrients that are proven to be essential to the work of our immune system, like zinc or vitamin A, or, um, you know, also supporting nutrients like uh, omega-3 fatty acids, and of course, vitamin C and all of that. So I haven't been doing much extra and my body has been repairing itself just fine when no medications needed. Uh, and what I want you to understand, guys, is with all these viruses and infections are going around, and soon we're, we're going to be entering another, you know, flu season, um, the time between seasons when we are more likely to get sick or get some infection uh, because our bodies are in more vulnerable stage. So with all this going around, I want you to think uh, again about the fact that what protects us the most is our own immune system, guys. And our job is to give our immune system and our whole body the best possible resources to do their job well. There are no medications, no vaccines, no nothing that work better than our own immune system. And so the better we take care of them, even when we get sick, like, you know, or get some infection like I did, uh, our body is going to do such an amazing job to protect us, to repair us, to help us recover when we provide all the essential uh, conditions like enough sleep, still staying active, getting fresh air, staying hydrated, uh, maybe adding more uh, portions of vegetables and vitamin C rich fruit, especially, you know, citruses with all the vitamin C made in such a delicious way by Mother Nature. Um, 
all the zinc, all the vitamin A, uh, maybe some sun, if you get access to that for vitamin D, for additional boost of vitamin D. You know, the more of those resources we provide to our body, uh, the better job it's going to do, and you won't have to worry, uh, you know, about vaccines or medications or staying away from people because your body will do really an amazing job protecting you without you having to do any of that. And so this Monday, uh, get even more motivated and inspired to take better care of yourself because that will allow you to get sick less often. If you do get sick, you're going to recover much faster and uh, you're still going to have a lot of energy and you'll be able to dedicate more time and energy towards uh, what's meaningful in your life and towards enjoying your life more. So that's all worth it. And speaking about taking care of ourselves, guys, if you are listening to this podcast, you probably are interested uh, in topics like different diets, nutrition, health approaches to feel better, to have more health, to have more energy. And so you probably heard about different diets going around these days and getting popular, like keto or carnivore or paleo or uh, plant-based uh, or gluten-free or dairy, whatever that might be. Um, and although those systems, a lot of them uh, in our world allow us to make um, somewhat better choices than, you know, the processed crap that um, you can buy in a supermarket. But I don't want you to idealize any of those uh, uh, diet concepts or systems because uh, they can be all done in a way that uh, might not be sustainable long term, that might uh, lead to nutrient deficiencies, that might address some of the issues, like maybe stabilizing your blood sugar, but might create uh, long term nutrient deficiencies. Uh, and also, they can be done in so many ways that one, one way can work for you or for someone else, but can be a total disaster for someone, for, you know, for another person or for your friend. Uh, so never idealize any of those systems. And remember, guys, the details matter. Um, I often hear from my clients, from my friends, from people who I communicate online, uh, things like, oh, you know, I, I went keto and carnivore and I feel so much better, so much sharper. And then I went on vacation and I started eating everything again, meaning all the grains and all the, you know, maybe some added sugars, um, a lot of foods with lower quality. And then my pain came back and I started gaining weight, etc., etc., etc. But then when we look deeper into details, uh, we start noticing that it's not about uh, carbohydrates, more carbohydrates, or eating plant foods if you decided to go carnivore. It's actually about eating the wrong kind of foods in the wrong kind of combinations, in the wrong amounts, in the wrong time for you. Meaning you don't have to go from being 100% plant-based to going carnivore and then judge which one is better. Maybe you just eat... Uh, all of the foods, plant and animal, but exclude foods that don't work for you specifically. What I mean by that, for me personally, uh, what I noticed through years of practice and research, 
some plants don't work, like grains. I never eat grains of any kind because they make me feel worse and I do gain weight and I do feel more sluggish. But if I eat my carbohydrates from fruit or properly cooked and soaked uh, beans or things like sweet potatoes, uh, my body has no negative reactions to the amount of carbs in those foods. So uh, it means that my body has nothing against um, plants or animals. Like, for example, dairy also doesn't work for me, no matter what quality I tried all of it. Um, so my body, again, is not against animal or plant foods. It just doesn't work well with some foods, like specifically, for example, grains. It just does not work well with those. And maybe there are some grains that my body works better with, but I haven't found them yet. Um, and so when you hear anyone, or maybe you yourself, doing those experiments, you feel better on excluding certain food group. Like maybe you decided to go carnivore or close to that. But maybe you don't need to. Or maybe you need that for a period of time, but it doesn't have to be for your whole life. Like for me, uh, sometime I had to spend uh, without too much plant foods because my gut just wasn't in the place able to handle that by my prior not so well-designed dieting experiences, right? But then now that my gut feels totally fine, I... Uh, eat a lot of different fibers from beans and pulses, from uh, fruit and from uh, cruciferous vegetables, and my body is doing just fine. Actually, it's getting better and better. And so don't idealize any of the diet theories or uh, food eating systems and patterns. And just because some plant food or animal food doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that the whole range of animal and plant foods don't work for you. And remember, guys, we got to switch from carbs, fats, and proteins, and we got to get back to talking about whole foods. It's not about carbs, fats, or proteins. It's about the quality of foods that those are coming from. And also, it matters for our digestive system and our metabolism when we eat those, in what state we are stressed or not stressed, and also in what combinations. Uh, like protein and high carb or high fat and high carb, uh, speaking about foods, usually it doesn't work that well. So, for example, if you are eating beans with, let's say, some meat, it's not going to work well because uh, those are the foods requiring different digestive enzymes. And you might experience some negative effects, like a little bit of gas or bloating, or a lot, or you might feel heavy, or you might have some allergic reaction. But that might mean that not the specific food doesn't work for you, but specific combination of food doesn't work for you. For example, my sister, she used to think that fatty fish doesn't work for, for her. But um, for some reason, she was always eating it with bell peppers, with raw bell peppers. And she would feel indigestion, heavy, and gas. But once she started eating separately bell peppers and that fatty fish, actually everything went away. So it wasn't the specific food, it was just the combination for her. So remember that also. All these details, they really do matter. The next one that I've been thinking about, all these impossible burgers and other plant-based substitutions. I'm not talking about every single case, 
But in most cases, guys, those are highly processed foods with really great marketing. And what you're paying for, and the price is not actually cheap, especially with things like Impossible Burgers, what you're paying for is highly processed food with a great marketing. You're paying for marketing. If you want to eat plant-based diet, eat properly cooked beans and pulses and, you know, vegetables and fruit and nuts and seeds, all of that of the highest quality. That's probably also not going to be cheap, but don't pay for all that marketing. Uh, what, what those companies do, they take certain beans and pulses, maybe even like not of the best quality, who knows, they make them into a powder, into a powder, they add a bunch of ingredients to make it shelf-stable, they add a lot of flavorings and use different technology to make it look and taste like meat, so they put all this technology into that, uh, they put a great marketing on top of that, and they make you believe that this is better than uh, sustainably raised grass-fed beef, for example, or sustainably raised or wild fish. Like, that is not better. That is a much worse product. You just, they just had to pay for more marketing, more technology, and that's what you are paying for. And guys, if you are worried or, you know, curious about or want to know more about sustainability of your food choices, read more, learn more, and you'll understand that it's not as black and white as eating plants or animals. A lot of those plant-based products, they're not sustainable, nor do they, nor uh, are they good for the sustainable environment, uh, nor are they better for our earth than raising sustainably meat and fish. No, they are better for our health. So read, by the way, guys, the recent book I read that was really well written and has a lot of statistics and data and research, uh, Sacred Cow by Rob Wolf, one of the like founders of Paleo Movement, not so much founders, but he's been in, in it for quite a long time. So Sacred Cow, it's been recently released, maybe last month, maybe months before that, but it talks a lot about sustainability issues of different diets. And basically, you know, it just, uh, Rob Wolf, the author, he talks in that book about how it's not black and white, and it's not, again, as simple as eating plants or animals. Um, the food system is complex, and don't believe all these companies that plant-based is going to make our earth a better place. No, it's not going to do that by itself. It's uh, The answer is not that black and white. So, Sacred Cow, highly recommend this book. And again, Impossible Burgers and other similar plant-based substitutions, in a lot of cases, really a lot, those are just processed foods and you are paying for additional technology and marketing on top of that. They are not better. They are actually worse quality-wise, nutrition-wise, and health-wise. Um, the next one. Guys, let's actually answer a few questions that I got over the past few days. You know, I'm trying to answer as many questions as I can, but it's not always possible. I wish I could answer all of them. Thank you, Kyle. This one is a popular question. Uh, it starts specifically, how can I have cinema popcorn in a weight loss diet? And the questions that 
um, I usually get are something similar to how can I have dot, 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 some food on a weight loss diet? And the question, the answer is quite simple, guys. You can still lose weight and you don't have to deny yourself 100% of the foods that you might think you absolutely love and need in your diet. You don't have to eliminate it 100%, even though I do recommend to do it for at least a period of time because it helps you to focus more on nutrition nutritionally dense food uh, instead of trying to fit in all this other not dense in nutrition foods, right? Um, because every time you eat something nutritionally poor, uh, some processed food, maybe you are not eating something healthy, and that is, and that leads to nutrition deficiencies and different diseases and problems, maybe with weight, with metabolism. So it's the displacing part of it that is very dangerous. Not so much the um, the act of eating, you know, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of that, of this. But most people, we are the creatures of black and white thinking because it's easy to maintain that. That's why people tend to usually either eat a lot of processed food or not at all. Not that it's impossible to have a little bit in your diet and stay and still stay healthy and fit. So anyhow, my advice is... Um, in order to fit in some of those foods like cinema popcorn or whatever that might be, um, you got to focus on overall healthy lifestyle, you know, sleeping well, being active, stress management, etc. You got to focus on overall healthy diet, covering all the vitamins and minerals and everything that your body needs. And then if you are trying to lose weight at the moment, you need to be in a caloric deficit, guys. Um some people say, well, on this diet, I don't have to. No, you do have to. It just on some diets, it's easier for you. Uh, in most cases, you know, caloric deficit is not everything. Quality of food matters. Your lifestyle matters. Everything. But on a successful and effective weight loss diet, you almost are always in a caloric deficit. Um in some way or the other, meaning maybe you think you're not, but because you started to eat, for example, whole foods, your body has to spend more uh, energy on processing those foods and you end up being in caloric deficit without thinking about that too much. Um, so again, healthy lifestyle, overall healthy diet with adequate nutrition, and you got to manage your portions and the amount of food. So if you want to have your popcorn, um, just find the brand that doesn't have added sugars, uh, that doesn't have uh, any added oils, bring it with you to the cinema, um, maybe some air popped uh, popcorn that is becoming popular without any added fats and sugars, and manage your portions, and that can be totally okay part of um, a weight loss diet. And air-popped popcorn even has some nutrition. I actually didn't look much into that, but it's still corn. It does have some nutrition. Uh, it's not the most nutritious foods on the planet, of course, but uh, it can be totally fine on a healthy weight loss diet. So that's about popcorn. And then another question that I'd like to share with you the answer of for. What's the best way to restore gut health after being on keto for a year? Um, I wrote a whole article about that. The link you can find in the show notes, guys. And I've been on a keto diet most of the time for about six years. And now I'm not really um, 
but I do fast a lot, so I'm in a state of ketosis probably often. I've been on the diet mostly, I guess, to heal my gut and my metabolism and my relationship with food that helped with that. But that being said, on a keto diet, we usually do not consume enough fiber to maintain a healthy diversity of gut bacteria. And we have more gut bacteria organisms in our gut more than human cells. So that's kind of a big issue, guys. If you have something as big um, as that, and we have about three pounds, so 1.5 kilograms of that in our gut, that's kind of a big issue. And people who say it's not, they're not uh, very scientifically based people. So anyhow, that thing... Uh, in our gut is important, those gut bacteria. And a keto diet and carnivore diet, uh, we don't consume enough certain prebiotic fibers, like like resistant starch, um, the whole variety of different fibers that our gut needs to thrive and helping us to thrive. You know, 90% of our serotonin is in our gut, 90% of our immune uh, system uh, is in our gut. Like a lot of important stuff is happening in our gut. And so we need to provide those different fibers to maintain great gut health and overall great health long-term. What they, one of the features, for example, um, health features of people who live to 100 and longer without uh, too many, you know, diseases and malfunctions of the body, without any medications, etc., is that uh, they have really great gut health. The gut health that you can compare to a 30-year-old, basically to myself, for example. So their gut bacteria is in the same state as mine. Um, and they maintain it over their whole life by eating a lot of fiber-rich foods. And that is, uh, across the board, the feature for all centenarians, people who live to 100 and more. And people saying that that is not important, eating fiber is not important, those are people usually in their like 40s, 50s, and they say, oh, I'm in such great shape. Well, 50s is not, you know, it's not 100 uh, Go for 50 years without fiber, and then we'll see what what it's going to look like. For what we have now, the evidence uh, from people who actually live to 100, we think that fiber is important. And so how you can restore your gut health after being without fiber for a while, like, for example, in a keto diet or carnivore, uh, I, again, wrote a whole article about it. And for the past, uh, what's uh, four or five months, I've been working on my gut health, eating more fiber, and I lost weight eating more carbohydrates, and I feel better, and my energy levels keep rising, so a lot of good things are happening. And uh, what did I focus on? Um, Really, two things. If you, there are more details in my blog, but really two things, eating more fibers, specifically prebiotic fibers, like resistant starch and basically fibers that our gut loves to, our gut bacteria loves to eat, creating different compounds beneficial to our health. Again, resistant starch you can find in um, 
cooked and cooled potatoes, green bananas, leeks and onions and garlics and Jerusalem artichokes and mushrooms. There is a whole range of those foods. Uh, eating more fiber in general, like 30-40 grams a day. Eating my beans also have a lot of resistant starch. And uh, adding probiotic foods every single day. So I'm eating my sauerkraut, 10-15 grams. You don't need a lot. Um, also taking probiotic for a couple of months. I was taking specific probiotic that had um, that has this outer um, structure that helps to protect it from our um, digestive processes to make it all the way to our gut. And then, of course, healthy lifestyle. And that's what I've, what I've been doing, and it seems to be working. And our gut, guys, it can be restored quite fast when you really focus on eliminating all the stuff that can damage it, like um, unhealthy fats or processed foods or different toxins uh, that can be in processed foods and in our environment. So eliminating all of that, making sure you manage your stress well, you do how you, you have a healthy lifestyle, sleep, exercise, and focusing on eating more fiber and specifically prebiotic fibers. So that's how you can restore your gut. Again, the link to my article about that in more details with examples of foods and my food diaries with micros and macros, you can find in the show notes the link to this blog. And that's about it, guys. That's what I wanted to focus on today. If you missed something and you would like to listen to this episode, please do so. Repetition is the mother of skill. That's how you remember better and then you usually start practicing it better. Don't forget to share this episode with one another person who's going to be equally excited to hear that. Um, listen to this episode together and then talk about it, discuss it, and share it with other people and practice together. You know, we do everything better together, guys. So the more people you teach or maybe you just discuss with and you hear different opinions, so the more you talk about that, you share, you teach it, the better you're going to understand it, the better you're going to practice it, and the longer it's going to stick with you. So share this and learn and practice together. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We are going to have more amazing, exciting, and interesting food conversations this week. So stay tuned. Until next time, as usual, eat better daily.